Good morning, City Church. This is City Church Together for Thursday, July 23rd. Uh, today, we're going to be uh, finishing up Revelation. We're going to go to the last chapter of the Bible, Revelation 22. Um, and the last couple of passages that we have read in Revelation have been the judgment of God on uh, evil. And now um, we are going to be left with, um, after the judgment of God, what is left um, so I want uh, John to give us this picture in Revelation today, in Revelation chapter 22. Revelation 22. It says, Then he showed me the river of the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the city's main street. The tree of life was on each side of the river, bearing twelve kinds of fruit, producing its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations, and there will no longer be any curse. The throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. Night will be no more. People will not need the light of the lamp or the light of the sun, because the Lord will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. And that's the word of the Lord from Revelation 22. Um, additionally, I want to point out in Revelation 21, uh, uh, the previous chapter, we also get a picture of this. Um, and I'll just go ahead and read that. I know I'm working backwards here, but supplemental material here. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne, look, God's dwelling is with humanity and he will live with them. They will be his peoples and God himself will be with them and he will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. Then the one seated on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. And that is the word of the Lord from Revelation 21. So those two combined passages or little snippets from uh, chapter 21 and 22, um, it is said, uh, it has been said and can be said that there are um, exactly four chapters of the Bible that are um, perfection, um, a picture of the world without evil, and that is Genesis 1 and 2 and Revelation 21 and 22. Um, and those four chapters form a wonderful um, sort of picture for us to uh, strive for and live into and understand how we came from that and how we get there. But what I want to point out about Revelation 22 and 21 today is what is what the scripture says is no more after the judgment of God. What is what goes away? Now, Revelation 21, you heard about the city coming down and it, and um, John writes that the sea will be no more. It's just going to be A, B, D. No, sea like ocean. Uh, the now the sea is representative in ancient times of chaos. Um, even now, I, I suppose that this number is still relatively 
um, close to correct. Um, did you know, uh, by the way, this there's no citation on this. This is Trevor's memory, okay, which um, is suspect. But um, did you know that according to Trevor's memory, so this might be true, that 99%, it's either 95 or 99% of the ocean is unexplored. It's unexplored. Um, we are still finding new sort of species of fish. You ever read in scripture when someone, you know, when it talks about uh, maybe Leviathan or a sea monster, and you think, oh, how dated. This is back when they believed in sea monsters. Well, hang on, gang. Have you seen the anglerfish, you know, and like a thousand other things that hang out in the deep dark? Yeah, I think it's the anglerfish, the one that has the little like um, the light that attracts beans to it that kind of comes off its forehead and glows and then it swallows them up. And it, I mean, that thing looks fierce. It's like it lives in the dark like like nothing is God made this thing so that nothing would ever have to look at it. You know what I mean? Like that's why it's in the deep dark. Sea monsters are real. Okay. So. It says, when it says the sea will be no more, the sea was representative to an ancient people of chaos. Um, the sea is what swallowed people up in chaos. There was no order to it. You can find this in the first pages of Scripture in Genesis chapter 1 when the uh, Spirit of God um, hovered like a dove. Um, I always hear that like Ace Ventura, like a dove. Um, but hovered like a dove over the face of the waters. And what's happening there is there is um, God is bringing order into chaos. So when Revelation tells us that the sea will be no more, it is telling us that chaos will be no more. Likewise, Revelation uh, 22, we get um, we get a picture here that there will not be, uh, there will be no need for um, the sun or the moon because night will be no more. People will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun because the Lord God will give them light. So think about that. Darkness is not, there's, darkness hides things like the face of the anglerfish, right? Darkness, um, there's no need to hide anymore. Um, darkness is what we, uh, in Scripture particularly, is where, where we hide our deeds. And indeed now, even night is associated with people sort of um, cutting loose of their inhibitions, um, letting their base instincts take over. Um, uh, you know, that's why if you've ever heard the old phrase, nothing good happens past midnight, um, which the older I get, the more that I tend to find that's true, uh, mainly because of you know, sleeping patterns that just lend itself to my stage of life. But um, the fact is, is, is night is a metaphor. The book of John that we just recently went through, you saw, and remember John is writing the book of Revelation too. John uses night and darkness as a, a metaphor for evil. Um, so, so evil, darkness, um, hiding, that's all gone. And remember the way that Genesis 3, the curse comes in? The curse comes in, and what does man do? Man hides from God and hides from one another. Broken relationship with God. What do we see happen here? A broken relationship with God. Now, God and man are now face-to-face. Remember from Revelation 21 that we read that we are with God, and he is with us. We are his people, and he is our God. And indeed, we are there with God forever and ever 
face to face. We we have the face of God. We have the relationship that was missing with God. And the chaos is gone and the evil is gone and the darkness is gone. And what is now present? Well, besides God, um, you have the inspiration of the Jelly of the Month Club uh, gifts at Christmas time. The tree of life was on each side of the river and bearing 12, 12 kinds of fruit, producing its fruit every month. So that's where anytime you hear about jelly of the month, that's it comes from this passage. It might, I just made that up, but every time I read this passage of, of fruits that produce their fruit every month, I think jelly of the month club. Um, what Clark, Clark Griswold didn't get a pool instead he got, which actually turns out better because in heaven there's a river. I digress. The point is, um, you notice this, the leaves of this tree, okay? So the tree of life, which is a picture we have back in Genesis, the leaves of this tree, listen to this, are for the healing, are for healing the nations, and there will no longer be any curse. Healing the nations. Um, now, just before this, at the end of Revelation 21, we get some talk about the nations and how the kings of the nations will bring their glory and honor into the kingdom of God, and everyone is clean, and nothing detestable will come in. But from every ethnicity, from every nation, glory will be brought into the kingdom of God. And isn't this beautiful? For every ethnicity and every nation, there will be healing provided by the tree of life. Like the, um, I, I'm going to give you a, I'm going to give you a picture here, the way that I see this, you know how aloe, um, you know, you break an aloe leaf and then the, the lotion or whatever the aloe is in there, the stuff they turn into lotion. And that like, that is often put on wounds to heal. That's always what I picture when I hear this about this tree and think about the woundedness of the nations right now we are as, um, uh, not as an ethnicity necessarily, but but definitely as a nation state, as a people who are bound together, we are experiencing um, something um, together in um, uh, racial injustice and in the harm that's done from that, um, the, the pain that's there and that continues to echo and that separates us and divides us, can, can bring up hate and anger and push aside love and forgiveness and repentance and can bring defensiveness. And um, I don't know exactly how a breaking of this leaf of a tree and the application of its aloe, I'm not sure exactly how that will heal us, but I know this is a beautiful promise. Think about all of the people groups around the world that in different ways have experienced suffering and pain, um, whether that is through poverty or someone's sin against them or, you know, colonialism or, or whether that's through um, about the particular part of the world they live in. Um, whatever it is, imagine the healing of the nations, groups of people who share a common pain coming in contact with this tree that is so fruitful and so it just keeps going down the side of this river and you can just pluck off a leaf and break it and apply it and there's healing. Aren't we scrambling for healing like that now and yet it seems so far out of reach? 
Don't you just wish it was as simple as floating down a river, reaching over, and on one hand, you know, you get the um, you get the rhubarb, which happens to be the fruit of the month that you're having to pass on that river, and then you grab one of these aloe, you know, leaves, and you just break it and put it on there, and all problems solved and all pain dealt with as you take a, a you know, I don't even know what a rhubarb tastes like, but a, are you kidding me? A new heavens, new earth rhubarb? I'll tell you what it tastes like. It tastes like cotton candy. Better than those cotton candy grapes. It's like, like you've just got the juice of this fruit of the month dripping down. Probably turns into jelly as you eat it. And you're tasting that sweetness while the pain is being healed. Imagine all of the suffering and pain that so many people all over the world have experienced. And now with the darkness gone and with the chaos gone, we're floating down a river eating the sweet fruit and healing our wounds as we're face to face with God. That, my friends, that, my family, is a solution. It's a solution to an age-old problem of this curse that we brought on ourselves through sin. And, you know, if you've been following along the last couple days, we've been talking about, you know, lakes of fire and torment, and, you know, even since I preached the rich man and Lazarus and just heavy, heavy into this judgment of God, but understand that God is, that, that where he's taking us is Revelation 21 and 22. Please don't stop the story too early. Please don't assume I've been reading so long and Genesis 1 and 2 are so far back there. Ladies and gentlemen, this is where it ends up. It ends up Revelation 21 and 22. It ends up, you know, eating blackberry preserves in a kayak while we apply healing, you know. It's like a forever Saturday, a forever Sabbath with our God and with each other. That's where we're headed. Then that and that that is the peace and the shalom that we have to bring from the future into this present dark, chaotic moment. The sea will be no more. The chaos will be gone. There will be no need for a lamp because God Himself will be our light. There is definitely a not yet that we feel to this. But church, we are called to have an already with this. This is what we carry within us in the Holy Spirit. We carry this hope. We don't only carry the hope of this. We carry a foretaste of it, the Spirit as a down payment of the heavenly rhubarb and the heavenly aloe leaf. We've got that. We carry it. Second Corinthians 4, Paul writes that we have this treasure in jars of clay. City Church, we are the jars of clay. The treasure is this good news of this kingdom coming. We carry it inside of us, and we are to deliver it. And so let's pray in this direction. One is that we have eyes daily to see this hope and that we connect with it and that we live for it. And two is that we are willing to share it, to give it away generously because this hope is not scarce. There are trees that line this river and month after month, you just get a new fruit. Heaven is not going to run out of good gifts to give. And so we shouldn't treat it like it's scarce, but we should give it away liberally. And so let's pray in that direction today after a moment of silence. Our Father, we um, 
many of us probably don't know what rhubarb tastes like. I don't even know what a rhubarb is. I know people make pie out of it. But the point is, your rhubarb, your fruit, whatever it is, it is going to be magnificent. It reminds me of the Psalm uh, 34, I believe, that says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And so for us who have tasted that, who have been given a down payment of your spirit, who have been given a, um, a sample, an ongoing sample, it's like Sam's before COVID. Like the samples just keep coming. We keep getting a taste, a foretaste of this deliverance like the hymn that we often sing says. What a foretaste of deliverance. We keep getting that. Father, allow us to taste it in a specific kind of way that we are not overtaken by the darkness and chaos that we are experiencing right now in the middle of COVID, in the middle of social unrest. As we are worn out from Zoom meetings, we are worn out from trying to understand political positions and who to vote for and we shall see chaos and darkness oh god give us a foretaste of that heavenly fruit of the month of the healing of the nations and then father pray that we will be um, that we'll set up little tables like they do in sam's of samples come and try the fruit of the month of heaven come and I don't, have, I don't have the heavenly leaf yet, but I have this Holy Spirit who is a down payment of getting rid of the chaos and the darkness, and I'd like to share some with you. Not just tell you about it. Yes, tell you about it, but not just tell you about it. I want you to come and taste it with me. I want you to experience God. I want to be on a city. I want to be a city on a hill. I want to be a light. I want to be salt. I want in the words that I speak and the way that I treat you and the sacrifices that I make for you, I want you to taste rhubarb like you've never tasted before and then i want to show you the king who descended to make a way into this kingdom father make that in our church right now open our eyes to see that opportunity and may we multiply the gospel in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit amen city church go and multiply the gospel